on the 10th episode of Wellspring, we're talking about reading. You are what you read. Mm -hmm. Which is something we get into in the episode. Yes. Very exciting. Um, A lot of wellness benefits of reading that I was not familiar with before this episode. Yeah. I feel like I actually learned a lot from what we discussed today. Um, And we also show our love and passion for reading through our discussions yeah if you came here thinking you were going to get a recommendation be prepared for like 20 yeah of um, very different genres yeah wide variety um from my medieval books to matt's compilation of new york times articles about the nba yes very exciting uh great episode so you're definitely in the right place uh <laughs> you ready to go yeah i'm ready to go all right let's go to wellspring episode 10 episode x i took latin in high school so episode dies gracias todos oh what that was spanish oh okay spanish all right um yes we're very excited um and i say that every (laughs) i say that literally every episode you do say that every time but cause for excitement we have reached double digits we have indeed did you know that this puts us into an elite member of the podcast community oh yeah rarefied air what that that's what they say about like rarefied air it's not it's uncommon oh okay i didn't know that um but we are now part of an elite subset of podcasters because most people when they start podcasts like the vast majority of them only have like one episode and then they drop (laughs) off and then there's like a solid amount of people that have, you know, whatever, five or six episodes. Yeah, but once yeah. you reach 10 plus episodes, that's when you get into the legitimate people. Ah, yeah. So we're, we're legit. Is we're a legit me. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is proof once and for all that Wellspring is a legit podcast. Which we already knew. Yes. And which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, <laughs> or any other listening software that you use. We're legit. Oh, yeah. But what is this legit podcast going to be talking about today? I'm really excited for today's, <laughs> I'm stop saying excited, but I genuinely am very excited for today's episode because it is nasty weather outside. I've got a cup of coffee over here and we are sitting down to talk about reading. Great activity for cloudy, disgusting days. Yeah. I or love- really any day. That's true, which is part of what we're going to discuss today because reading is actually great. Um, yeah. And I think when we think of reading, right, it's... It's something we do growing up, you know, in school, we learn how to read, you know, we build our vocabulary when we're younger, you know, I I remember when I was younger and I was getting to like, this was maybe just my elementary school, but I was getting to like level M, level P reading and I got got so excited and was comparing my my reading level with my friends. But anyways, (laughs) um, so it's definitely something, you know, you do in school when you're younger, but we wanted to focus more on leisure reading. Right. Yes. Yes. However, I will say there is a component of leisure reading that really comes from what you did as a child. So we'll talk about that because everyone wants to hear more about Matt's young years. <laughs> that was one of the biggest requests, I feel, is that we want people people want you to talk about your younger years. I feel like that request is coming from you. Yeah, it is. It is just you. It's just me, but it's uh, OK. <laughs> um, but yeah, leisure reading. Right. I don't think it's the first thing we think of when we think of reading as adults or at least in our age group um, now. And we were, I mean, you were telling me about, you know, why read when you can watch it on TV? Yeah. And even like 
Yeah. It's the art of just getting a book, a physical book. Yeah. And just like a printed book and read, which, you know, you can read in plenty of other ways too these days, which I think we'll get into. But like, it feels like such a lost art. Yeah. Just like when you're not required to do it by your class, right? Yes. Which is very different. I think a different type of reading doesn't, there deserves to be a delineation between that and leisure because yeah. I think reading truly is fun and riching and yeah. is one of life's greatest pleasures in as, my opinion, but I'm very biased. As much as I loved reading Crime and Punishment for my senior year English class. Oh God. Yeah. Well, that um, sounds like a punishment in and of itself. It was, it was a crime to assign it and a punishment to do it. Um, nice. But anyways, yeah, like you were saying, um, especially in this world today where everyone's watching TV shows, you know, you got your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon Prime TV, Apple TV, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, they have all the, yeah, so many, right? You're watching all these TV shows, you're watching all these movies. And at the end of the day, like, why do we, why do we read for leisure, right? We read for leisure to kind of get absorbed in this new world or this different world, right? Yeah. It's, it's a form of escapism, but you know, to be in this new world that, these authors are creating for us um i guess that's mostly fiction right but nonfiction is kind of a dive into a side of the world that we may not be familiar with we may not have seen uh and you kind of get a deep dive into that which can be exciting yeah i think the value for me at least is that when you are able to kind of take someone else's framework like the words the grammar whatever they're talking about in the book or whatever's typed on the page is one thing it's like a construct that they've created you then get to play out what's happening in your mind and that can play out as a number of different scenarios number of different ways and your internal visualization of the same words or the same passage the same phrase can actually vary from you to the next reader i think that's what's really cool about it is you kind of create your own experience yeah which is not necessarily what happens when you're being fed the experience in a tv show or movie precisely yeah Yeah. i I agree with you 100 percent, and i think I think we've just gotten lazy. Like yeah. we don't want to think up that universe. We want it given to us on a silver platter, right? Yeah. Like that's true. I, I mean, I never read like uh, I was a big fan of the Game of Thrones TV show. Those books oh, looked God. like behemoths. Yeah, right? they did. George R. R. Martin wrote these genius books, right? I never read them, but like the universe that he created. Yeah. Like. That's a lot to take on as as a reader. It can be. It can be atim- intimidating. And it's so much easier. Just watch the TV show, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I Less agree- legwork in your brain. Yeah. and But I agree with you 100%. That ability, it, it's a lost art. It really is. That ability to, you know, take what the author is giving you and use your imagination and create something on your own, right? Yeah. Uh, the, that's something you can't really get to the same extent watching a tv show or watching a movie yeah yeah exactly and i think that does i mean that's i think where it lends itself to you know being part of this podcast Mm -hmm. um there is a component of you know a your brain just reading helps your brain um which is you know medically well that's (laughs) great um but then there's also a lot of other benefits to reading which Mm -hmm. we'll get into you have like a whole list again yeah. Oh, I love my you're lists. The, you're the list master yeah, yeah, on yeah. this podcast, I feel like. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's No, I good. like it. It's itemized. It gets us through things. Yeah. You know what? That's the problem. We're too programmed for efficiency. That's well, not, I'm telling you. We're too programmed for efficiency. Is that if, why we watch TV shows? Or what are you connecting it to? No, I'm talking about like, I'm talking about reading in general, right? 
why read a whole book that tells you about a topic when there's listicles and stuff online that give you like a really streamlined summary of things in two seconds oh yeah and why and why watch a movie when you can just look up the wikipedia page like you do before we, hey. before we watch any movie, she already knows what happened because it's because I like to read, and Wikipedia gives me a forum <laughs> to read. I love reading. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Our world kind of has become shorter and shorter form with the more with the what. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's the, that's why TikTok's doing so well because Ugh. I'm serious. Yeah, like, I know. It's shocking because like when I when we interact with TikTok, like we we're like, oh, let's make a one minute video. But then apparently the algorithm loves when you make like five second videos mm. because those are the ones that people will watch fully through and like click through. Yeah. And so you people now are just making five seconds. On the, and I'm just like, oh, my God, because I remember 10 years ago when I was on YouTube a lot. Mm-hmm. If I saw a five second YouTube video, I wouldn't even click on it. No. Now, TikTok just lets you, you know, people love watching five seconds. Stuff. Yeah. It's Wasn't crazy. that Vine? Wasn't Vine like a five Yeah, Vine kind of was. Sort of yeah, thing? yeah. Vine was like seven I, seconds I, or something. I have no idea. But, but yeah, I mean, the point is, right, we have really gravitated in the digital world to shorter form content. Reading's been around for thousands of years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the question really is like, as adults, once we grow out of like being kids and reading, because I think that's where we most of us get our bulk of fiction reading or like whatever leisure reading yeah how do we revive that as adults and how do we use it how can we use it for our own mental emotional whatever wellness before we answer how can we do it big questions we have to answer why should we do it yeah that's a good that's a good one and that is what uh i think we want to talk about next yeah so you mentioned my list do you want me to go through my list first yeah of course all right so we got we got a a list of things here all right and as always we'll We'll share our sources. Uh, Matthew's list. Oh, I get a little jingle. Nice. Okay. Um, All right. So here's an article. Benefits of reading books. How it can positively affect your life. Okay. Okay. Sounds good to me. From where? It's from Healthline. From Healthline. Yeah. We love Healthline. Healthline's great. They just provide... They're good. They're good. They're well sourced. They link all their sources. So it's perfect. Yeah. Um, All right. First thing. How reading can positively affect your life. It strengthens the brain. Yeah. Oh. Which you mentioned. Yep, yep. Um, but they've actually looked a little deeper into this using MRI scans. Oh, wow. Uh, they, it, reading has been shown to involve a complex network of circuits and signals in the brain. So basically it's been shown through, um, through studies that uh, throughout a reading period and even after your reading, your um, brain connectivity is increased wow so basically your your brain is firing on stronger cylinders i i don't know the firing on all cylinders okay okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um after during and after you read um especially in the after you read yes cool yes yes especially in the somatosensory cortex Mm -hmm. um which responds to physical sensations like movement and pain Ooh. so i don't know wow okay get a better sense of your movement i, I don't really that's know very that's not i didn't know that that's really cool so yeah so it uh strengthens the brain that's uh which you mentioned before yeah brain connectivity is definitely uh but this is a more clear version with actual yeah evidence. So, here, yeah that's that's awesome they're out here with mri scans that's pretty, yeah that's pretty next level yeah yeah i c- can you imagine just like 
reading a book and they just have you hooked up to like an MRI? I'd be a little nervous about me reading a book and getting hooked up to an MRI. <laughs> I feel like I get judged. Like if I were <laughs> if I were being MRI'd about anything really, I feel like I'd be judged because if they're going to include me as one of multiple subjects, like what if I just like have no brain activity for like some of this you know what i mean just like oh my god we got a dead one over here like it sucks you know we're watching no i'm serious like we were watching spongebob this morning and it just makes me think like i don't i feel like if i were patrick i would be very self-conscious about getting mri'd yeah so okay so they're they're just gonna be out here like we would love to use you for this study and you're like nope no and then i'd be like the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma that's from spongebob Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Any, anyways, <laughs> but <laughs> How that's else very can cool. Reading be beneficial. Yeah. Um, increases empathy. Uh, this this one. That's really. At cool. first, I was like, huh, but then I, I understood. So, especially for long term fiction readers. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, have been shown to have a better developed theory of mind. Quote very un- cool. Quote unquote theory of mind, which is defined as. The set of skills essential for building, navigating, and maintaining social relationships. This reminds me of my developmental biology class I took oh, yeah. sophomore year. Yeah, they talked about theory of mind and, and stuff like that. Mm. But no. yeah, I mean, emotional, I think that's one thing that isn't necessarily evident that we talk about like in general society. Emotional development is like a separate form of development that's just as legitimate as your you know, mental development and your physical development. For sure um so it makes sense i mean this is that's really cool yeah. is it because you're kind of like like learning how to react to different people's experiences through yeah. and interacting you just have with oppor- characters yeah yeah and you just have an opportunity to you know read so deep into these characters and and learn yeah. more about them and start to empathize for them yeah or with them yes um yeah that's cool that is pretty cool that is really cool yeah um the next one is builds vocabulary but i feel like that's not really a a wellness thing that's just kind of a let me tell you something okay oh let me tell you um i just want to come out here and say that i grew up with the public school system okay? okay and frankly my vocabulary is a huge source of self confidence in certain situations Developing a wider vocabulary and knowing what words to use and how to use those words gives me a lot more confidence in communicating with other people having a wider vocabulary actually i know it actually has impacted my self-image and my um perception of self particularly in the way that i interact with people and communicate oh yeah and and i'm you know not i'm not i'm not saying i'm a i'm the the best communicator in america i'm just saying um having a wider no it's really it's like having a wider arsenal in your toolbox yeah for sure that's how i view my vocabulary that's really Um, interesting I, this is obviously a study with subject number, like with an N of one, like one subject, i.e. <laughs> me. But um, it really, it can make a big difference. Having a wider vocabulary really, you know, broadens your horizons too, because then you can communicate on multiple different planes with different people. Yeah. So. No, that, I didn't really think about that. I guess it's because my vocabulary is, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's just fine. Yeah. Matt's vocabulary is interesting because I'll talk to him about all kinds of really interesting and fascinating new topics. And his response to it was like, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was a beluga whale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's, it's nice to talk. It's nice to have that, even if you're not using those words all yeah. the time. Yeah. I will. I will attest to Aditi having a 
very high level vocabulary, which may not exactly come through from the number of times she uses exciting to describe every episode of this podcast. You know, this may inspire me to come up with synonyms for exciting and use them for every podcast. I'm like a living thesaurus, you know, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Sounds good. But I I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. That's really interesting. So I guess building vocabulary is a wellness. uh, Yeah, it can be. A wellness perk. Yeah. Of reading. The next thing. Uh, that reading prevents cognitive decline. Nice. Um, so studies have shown that seniors who read and solve math problems, so I guess oh, you got to do both, uh, what? every day maintain and improve their cognitive functioning. Oh, God. Um, I can barely do math problems currently. Well, it's all right. Okay. You'll be okay. I'll just read extra to Yeah, yeah read extra. Um, and also a 2013 uh, study showed that people who have engaged in mentally stimulating activities, reading being one of them, Mm -hmm. all their lives were less likely to develop the plaques, lesions, and tau protein tangles found in the brains of people with dementia. Really? Yes. According to I think that's really, really cool. That, I mean... That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So, I I mean, mean... Obviously, I have to reiterate with a lot of these studies, you cannot imply causation from a correlation. Sure. You know, the classic adage of correlation does not equal causation. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, the fact that they're determining that there is a correlation in the first place, because reading is, you know, it's a factor that's adjunct to a lot of like other factors, like, you know, your education level, motivation levels, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, It's cool that those factors can actually influence your biology. Yeah, I will highlight that uh this study was just looking at mentally stimulating activities they did list reading as one such mentally stimulating activity oh yeah but okay if you can find other ways to stimulate yourself mentally mm-hmm. i think you you can uh, <laughs> you could be good to go as well nice Unless, but, yeah yeah okay well i mean that's cool yeah for you sure. can influence your own biology like your your neurobiology yeah through yeah. activities like reading We'll get, we'll talk about math problems like another time though, because, uh, <laughs> I uh, want to talk about math problems right now. No, <laughs> Just kidding. Um, we're on both different ends of the spectrum. If you can't tell already, Matt's a, Matt is a very math, mathematical fellow. Um, well, you're really good at mathematics, so. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but anyways, I'm a numbers driven person. A numbers guy. Yeah. Numbers guy. Math kind of scares me, especially when you, when I'm they, sorry. when they stop using numbers and math oh i'm not thinking about that i'm, uh, I'm really just thinking about <laughs> elementary school level mathematics like that yeah, yeah. that's as far as you know that's as far as i'm gonna go with oh, math okay. but i'm very much more of like a non-numbers driven person i don't know what the opposite of that is but i'm probably that you're reading i'm a words driven you're a words driven person much more than i am um yeah nonetheless anyway. either way you don't have to be a particular kind of person to read that's another good point yeah and i mean like i said i'm very quantitatively minded um, but there, I, I really enjoy reading and we'll get into this for sure after, mm-hmm. after the sources, we want to talk a little bit about our reading experiences and maybe oh, some yes. recommendations that we have. Oh, some recs. I love reading recs. I yeah. feel like that's the thing I do now with all my friends when I meet them. I'm like, so what have you been reading recently? And then people tell me, because I guess the past year has gotten people into reading because yeah. they're so bored. They have nothing yeah. else, nothing else to do. Well, escapism, escape COVID, uh, <laughs> at least for a little while. Um, yeah, but Returning to our list. Oh, yes. The, list. Uh, the next benefit is that it reduces stress. Um, a 2009 study showed that 30 minutes of reading 
lowers blood pressure, heart rate, and feelings of psychological distress just as effectively as yoga and humor do. So they were looking at reading, yoga, and humor as ways to Well, yoga and humor are pretty powerful. The uh, relationship that they have with reducing stress levels and like cortisol levels Mm -hmm. is pretty well documented in the literature. So it's interesting that reading can have a similar effect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean... I didn't really know about humor. I guess intuitively that makes sense that that would reduce stress. But if it's on the same footing as yoga. Well, I guess laughing. Laughing has been shown to reduce, you know, stress hormones. Yeah. That makes sense. I buy it. Yeah, I I buy it too. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, The next one, it aids sleep. Uh, What? They didn't really have much. uh, They didn't have a study pinned here, but they basically just said that the doctors at the Mayo Clinic suggest reading as part of a regular sleep routine well yeah it's also because you're if you're reading something physical at least you're not looking at a screen with blue light and that's you know partially part of it you're not really looking at a screen before bedtime yeah i think that's the big thing well that's That's the the big thing well (laughs) it's uh, i know i've heard you shouldn't be looking at your phone before bed and 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 they said you know in this study or not study in this article ideally printed books not yeah on a tablet of sorts uh because of the harmful effects that that does before bed. But reading seems to be a positive uh, before sleep. And I think it has to do potentially with, as we were saying before, one of the potentially more inconvenient things about reading is that it makes us think. Yeah, yeah. Then you get tired. So you're going to get tired if you're thinking late at night. That's Um, true. Very true. I have had my fair share of nights. Not recently because I've stopped reading before bed where I've just had my book fall on top of me. And just fall asleep. Uh mostly crime and punishment Uh, (laughs) well that'll do it to anyone but um next one alleviates depression now again they didn't have any any studies here and i should have i should have looked into this a little bit deeper maybe and found another source or a source or a study rather um but there was an interesting quote that i liked that they had from the british philosopher roger scruton okay that said the, the quote is, consolation from imaginary things is not an imaginary consolation. Yeah. I like that. Which I, I really like that quote. Yeah, I like that quote um, too. We'll put it on our um, d- episode description. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the logic behind it alleviating depression that was mentioned is, again, this form of escapism. You know, you can kind of enter a new world mm-hmm. and maybe like escape your, you know, feelings of depression yeah. potentially but at I least mean, temporarily you're having real you're having yeah i mean the the neurological interaction you're having with a book or with the characters in a book or like your emotional connection with them yeah it's the same you know chemi- like neurochemistry wise like mm-hmm. it's the same kind of experience you'd be having almost as if you were interacting with an actual person yeah. much yeah. like the way we interact with people on social media right yeah. we're not actually face to face with them or you know whatever you're texting someone but you're having an interaction with them and there's like a story being generated. And yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's you're emotionally having those sure. experiences. So it, it does make sense that you would feel, I guess, the companionship you would get from a, a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would, you could feel that. I felt that in the past. Yeah. No, Again, sure. N of one. No, N of two. <laughs> oh, I N felt two. that way as well. Um, definitely. And that's where the quote comes in, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not imaginary constellation. Right. right. Um, so that's a good one. And the last one is that uh, it potentially 
Uh, and again, correlation's not causation by any means here. Um, lengthens lifespan. Mm, yeah. Uh, so there was a study with a cohort of a little over 3,600 adults and found that of that group, those who uh, read books lived on average two years longer than those who did not. Could also be because of the association that reading has with education level, socioeconomic status yeah, and stuff like that. That's sort but of what I, I was thinking. But I just wanted to... You know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of tough. Um, they also had another stat that people who read uh, at least three and a half hours a week, which uh, maps out to 30 minutes a day, were 23% more likely to live longer than those who didn't read at all. But again, same issue there with the yeah. confounding variable. Right. Um, but I mean, we don't really, you don't really need, you know, randomized controlled trials to tell you that there are, you know, significant benefits to reading yeah um not just in the you know biological way which you've described very well um but also like in ways that you you've pointed out that are not typical like emotional development Mm -hmm. developing empathy like some of these things are really valuable and you can take it with you in any other situation outside of academia yeah um and that i mean but those those other experiences that are especially enriching they don't just help with your uh they don't just come from like an academic setting right Mm -mm. so a lot of these benefits are also associated with reading fiction or reading things that aren't necessarily associated with academics like textbooks and stuff like that character driven books and and things i don't really think we're talking about reading textbooks i don't know i mean i don't want to judge anyone um but i don't i mean do people read textbooks in their free time? No, but I feel like what we end up associating with reading after a certain age tends to be like a lot of what we do spend our hours reading, if you were to tally it up, you know, you, once you're in high school and once you start taking like advanced classes in high sure. school and stuff, you're reading a lot of textbooks. You're not really, your your time re- spent reading for leisure is skewed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought I'd point that out. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, but I didn't yeah. really think about that. You're also reading things on your phone a lot too. Yeah. Nowadays, we read all kinds of things. We're reading, like, you know, Yahoo articles. Well, I, I guess I'm the only one that I know that really reads Yahoo articles. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like, news and stuff like that. I know that there are so many apps now that they will take newspaper articles, like New York Times articles, and they will just, like, shoop, just shrink them down yeah. to, like, one line or something, and then that should be enough for you. Um, but it's interesting um, because reading does confer so many benefits. I think... We should get to the root of all of this because I think reading. The root. Yeah, because I think reading starts when you're a child. Okay. This is, I mean, not just me. <laughs> there are, there's evidence to show that your reading habits over the course of your life begin with your reading habits as a child, and you know certain factors that are playing into your development. You know, in terms of like your reading and interest in reading, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, So there was this Australian study that found four major dimensions of adult reading motivation um, that kind of come from, and and they talk about those, we'll talk about that later, but they did mention in the study that a lot of it comes from, has a direct correlation with your motivations and your experiences with reading as a child. Um, And so, I don't know, did you have like experiences positive reinforcing experiences that created that motivation you to read as a child Hmm. there is a big there was a big culture i mean that i can remember about you know reading for fun reading for pleasure children children's books are huge that's like a big thing 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, there were definitely some books that I really enjoyed reading when I was younger. I, I, I don't know if there was like a an event in my life that. It doesn't have to be an event. Kinda. Just like even I, I actually it's not. It's it's rather they would prefer it be habits like reading habits. Like for example, my mom used to read to me every single day when I was when I was younger. Mm. I recall some of these because I have a weird memory, um, but I remember reading books with her, and she used to read to me all the time. And there would be books that had you know illustrations, and she would associate some of the words she was saying with the pictures mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was reading when I I think I started reading when I was like two years old. I turned oh, two. Nice. Not not at an intense level. Like I wasn't reading you know that's impressive i was not reading i think that's impressive right that's impressive i i, I, I don't know but um yeah too that se- that seems pretty early yeah 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 but i mean a lot of it is just like the habits that you develop like it's mm-hmm. kind of just like something that you get instilled sure. with and like the more you grow up around reading being something that's encouraged and positive and mm-hmm. reinforced well then you know it really sticks with you mm-hmm yeah were you read to as a child i was yeah i was about to bring up uh some of my favorites oh yes do do tell the very hungry caterpillar oh a classic the art's so good in that eric carl books yeah Yeah, that's a great one also uh where the wild things are oh yeah that's a classic maurice Um, sendak i yeah i don't remember the author for that one but uh i might be wrong i know eric carl definitely for the very hungry caterpillar um i'm trying to think those are the two that I remember off the top of my head. I don't oh. know. Any others that you remember from? I remember so many from being a child. I'll tell you why. It's because when I was younger, my mom read to me a ton. So I remember those books. But then after that point, I my younger sister, Summerity, when she was born, I spent so much of my time because I loved playing teacher. And she would just be the student. She was just like a taught. She was a baby. And mm-hmm. I would just sit there and like teach her books. And the books that I would teach her from were the books that I read or had read to me. Sure. So there are some books that I've read over and over and over again because I like played school with her and I would teach her. And I taught Samrithi how to read mm-hmm. when I was, I don't know, she must have been two or three. She must have been three, mm-hmm. two and a half, three. Yeah. Um, but that was like huge for me. I loved doing it, reading all those books. So like I was a big fan of Eric Carle, like you said. Um, there were a couple of like... There was one book I remember very specifically because my mom immigrated here from India. Um, so some of the books, and a lot of the books we would get are these like Amer- classic American tales, right? Like the classic American fables or whatever, short stories and stuff, like kids books. Sure. There was this one book about like this broken um, cable car in um, San Francisco. I remember us reading that book over and over again. And my mom would be like, wow, look at this. It's so cool. The cable car. And like we would experience it together. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my mom remembers that. She probably does. My mom remembers a lot of like the, the individual books we read together. But there were, to- but there were a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, also, another thing was when we would watch, I would watch a lot of TV that had books created of the TV shows. Like Blue's Clues had a lot of books. Mm. where it was like can you find the clue and it was like very interactive so those books and then there were those classic books that were like you know fuzzies or whatever like they'd include like textures in the books yeah and there would be a ton of like nature books that i would read that way and like learn about different animals that was like my first foray into like actually reading but there I, i can't think of names off the top of my head but there were a ton of those kind of books that i would read or like be involved you know like 
barrel through at yeah. one point my mom and i would read the dictionary she got me a kid's dictionary we would just read oh it together yeah i mean it was fun it was cool to learn to me i liked it and then my mom i think and i did it so much and we enjoyed it so much together that there was like a positive feeling attached to reading mm. i guess for me yeah um but then that just continued and it just skyrockets like when you're younger once you reach a certain level i feel like it just goes from there yeah right? you probably remember books that you were reading when you were a little bit older than that though right I feel like everyone remembers those like childhood books, like Harry Potter series. And yeah, stuff. I well, I um, I never read Harry Potter. You didn't read it? Uh, yeah. Nah, I'm kidding. I knew that. I've gotten some hate uh, about that. I've also he hasn't seen any of the movies no, either. That, that's not true. We watched a couple. You fell asleep. Uh, well, you fell asleep. He fell asleep every single time. Vold. He would. N he's never seen a scene with actual Voldemort in it because he would fall asleep by the time Voldemort came to like take his revenge. Wait, who's Voldemort? No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> but um, my favorite books when I was, you know, elementary, later elementary school, early middle school, I was a big Rick Riordan fan. Classic. Um, Lightning Thief, that whole series, Sea of Monsters, Clash of, not Clash of Titans. I don't know. Something of the Titans. I remember that. Something about the Labyrinth. It was like a dark gray book. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Battle of Olympus. And yeah. Uh, so the whole Percy Jackson series. The Cain Chronicles, he went into some Egyptian mythology. He did some Roman mythology. He did some Norse mythology, which I started reading that series, too. Um, wow. Yeah. So you were like an author guy? Like you read his books? I loved his books. Mythological fiction. That's where it was at. That is the defining genre of yeah. Matthew Jared Cologne. Yeah. And I also don't like that can't be a popular genre. Like. Who oh else no no no! It was mythological so... fiction. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he definitely had his own little niche, and he was. I mean, those books were really good. Oh yeah, they were great. The, the Percy Jackson series were super addictive. Yeah. I read. I read one freshman year of college uh, for leisure. I, I mean, pretty far below my reading level, but I, I just really enjoyed them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's an un. That's that is an underrated thing that I wish I did more often is reread books that I used to read. Well, because it wasn't a reread. It was one of his new books. Oh, his new books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think people should read below their whatever reading level or whatever. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think it's story. so stupid. Yeah, um, is it? It's called like the Flesh Kincaid reading level, reading ease on Word when you like run oh, your yeah, yeah. when you run your stuff through the word processor. I was so obsessed with my reading level for so many years. When I was in, I remember when I was in like the kindergarten or first grade, one of the very early years in my my like school's library, we would go there and they would like. First of all, they had a really great reading log program. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have reading logs when you were a kid? Yes. Oh, they gave out prizes. I think. Oh yes, <laughs> I loved doing that the reading logs were awesome because mm -hmm. i am also a very type a and relatively competitive person mm -hmm. and so when they were like now listen if you read x number of pages this month you gonna get a prize i was mm -hmm. like yes of course i'm gonna read x number of pages so i would read like hundreds and hundreds i skyrocketed yeah. and then at one point i remember like kindergartners were or first graders were like limited to x you know shelf in the library because there were kindergarten books and there was a big kid books mm. yeah and then i was like i asked the librarian i was like but i really want that book though but it's in like i'm sorry it's in like the second grade reading level and then she was like i don't know if you can handle it but i'm gonna give you one pass okay mm. can you demonstrate to me that you understand the book so then i took the book out from that section of the library went home and then i had to describe it was like a book about 
platypus, I think. Pretty sure it was a book about platypi. platypus. Platypi. Right? I, I don't know if that's how you pluralize. Yeah, platypus. yeah. But then I like I took the book home and it was like a nature book, which I'd read these nature books a ton because I was super into it. Yeah. And then I came back and I explained it to her and she was like, you now have access to the <gasps> second, third grade section of the <gasps> library. And I was like, yeah. So what a moment. It was awesome. What a triumph. It was so cool. And then I was like very excited by that. I don't know. It's very motivating. Yeah. I guess that's part of like my, I guess reading was one a big motivating factor in my personal life. Maybe that's why I like reading and writing. I don't know. But <laughs> it's really, it, it makes you feel good. Like yeah. I thought it was really cool that I got to read in the second grade reading section. I yeah. thought that was awesome. Nice. Yeah. I, I was probably there when I was in second grade in the second grade reading section i don't think i was ahead but it's okay you don't have to be yeah who cares like <laughs> it's um, such an inconsequential thing i'm just excited about it because that yeah. was on i was so obsessed with my reading level and all mm. that stuff i did the whole flesh kincaid reading scale thing until like my senior year of college because i was like oy. yeah oh 15th grade reading level what even is that I mean, yeah I don't so know. um were there any books that you were a big fan oh, of God. when you were a kid? Any highlights, any standouts? Um, yeah. Aside from Platypus book. Yeah. There were a couple there were a couple of like overachieving kids in my class when I was in elementary school too. And so we would always try and like read re- like outread each other with like different books. Mm-hmm. One of my really good friends in elementary school told me about a book called A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Um okay. that book was awesome. I read it in the fifth grade. It was great. It was very New Yorkish and I learned a lot about that. Like turn of the century New York. Okay. So, you know, very interesting. Um and I think she was a Jewish girl in Brooklyn. So oh. yeah. Um, but that was one book I reread multiple times. That was a great book. I read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell mm. in the fifth grade. Oh, okay. That was wow. awesome. That was a really great book one of my favorites and it got me into nonfiction readings that was huge um the tale of despero i don't know if you've ever read that book no oh my god i was very obsessed with it i read it multiple times and then i taught it to my younger sister read that in the fourth grade that was awesome um i tried reading gone with the wind why did i do that probably because all the other kids in my class were reading it but i did read gone with the wind in sixth grade oh no you know why this Why? is so stupid because they kept they kept giving us incentives to read more. So there was this thing called accelerated reader. Oh no! They made you. Yeah, I'm so serious. They would like you had to get X. It would be like you take you read a book and then you take a test on the book. Mm-hmm. The books were organized by reading level. You got a higher level if you read a book of a higher reading level. You would get more points if you passed the test for it. And so everyone in my class was super competitive about it because they were like, I really need to get X number of points. They had a bare minimum, but like you could have read thomas the tank engine every month and still gotten points i saw that gone with the wind was one of the big point points on the on the scale so i was like i'm gonna read it oh my and then all my friends wanted to read it too yeah it was lame i don't know stupid but um another thing was that the teachers i had also encouraged reading at a Mm -hmm. higher level and talking about it yeah i read to kill a mockingbird in the fifth grade or sixth grade wow yes and it was awesome because we would have like facilitated discussions about it and we would talk more about like what the books meant and and do like deep reading and that kind of thing so that was me in like ninth grade they they also did it for us in ninth grade but my my teachers were very interested in having us think deeper about these issues so it was it was really cool to experience those at a younger age but this is just me ranting about all the books i really enjoyed reading i think i opened up a pandora's box right there yeah a little bit we actually opened up a pandora's box in the middle of you making a point about one of your sources i believe you brought up the australian study i don't think you read the four 
dimensions. Now I didn't because those are adult reading dimensions for leisure. Oh, did did you read off what they were? I didn't think. No, you I did. didn't. I didn't. Oh, you didn't. I was just saying that that study talked a lot about how those uh, the the facets of motivation to read come oh, from being a child. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. then I just went on a ridiculous tangent. Um, <laughs> we did. We did. But um, yeah, I think for the adult reading habits, the four reading the four major dimensions of adult reading motivation were as follows. Okay. Mm-hmm. Reading is part of the self, reading efficacy, reading for recognition, and reading to do well in other realms. That's mm. kind of what defined, you know, adults' motivations to read for leisure. Le- for leisure. Sorry, I say leisure. Leisure. Um, leisure. Which I find really interesting. I think I think my motivations, obviously, I mean, your motivations are going to change as you get older to read, right? Did you, did you, how long were you reading, like, kid kiddish books and then transition into reading like adult books do you know if that was a tr- i mean clear transition uh, for you or what do you define as a kid's book and what do you define as an adult's book um maybe in high school is when they do it like you know the kind of you know the books that they make you read for class mm-hmm. in like ap english or whatever sure, yeah yeah those are probably like adult books yeah okay and yeah. then like you know percy jackson is probably more geared towards kids or like young adult they call it what? ya literature hey no i'm serious oh, that's what it is it's yeah, a I genre know. it's called ya i know i was kidding uh i mean probably high schools when i made that transition with i remember i you know i enjoy reading but i was you know very into high like school and high school had a lot of work yeah taking a lot of ap classes on and on whatever it falls off so i was having trouble reading and i had this finding time to read and i had this this pile of books in my room that I kept that kept growing mm-hmm. and I think by the end of high school I must have had like 15 books on in that pile of books that I wanted to read the summer after high school and the summer after my freshman year of college I knocked out I think 10 of those 15 books wow yeah so that was cool that's awesome um but that was yeah my my initial escapade into I guess adult books and you know had some Malcolm Gladwell had mm-hmm. some you know yeah that that sort of yeah adult books yeah. adult books yes but that's cool that you were able to take time out and like do that it makes you feel accomplished doesn't it it might yeah, just feel only one it it makes you feel good when you finish a book yeah when you finish the book yeah definitely when you have a physical book and you just and you finish you're done it. Yeah. yeah and then you put it down. My hands are always like tired from holding it up. And so it just feels really light when I put it down and I like finally, mm-hmm. it's very satisfying to like put down a finished book physically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess this this bleeds into like the the dimensions, right? Of motivation. It's hard to get motivation, first of all, because I think it's hard to have time. Mm. Is that's what we're getting at, right? Like it's just hard to find time to read for leisure. Yeah. Well, in busy I, when you have a busy lifestyle and maybe sure. you're not in school anymore too, and you have work and other yeah. things. I I think, yeah, I think at least for me, I don't want to speak for everyone because when people say they're busy, obviously I trust that they're they're busy. Yeah, right. But for me, I mean, I think there's there's something deeper going on because I I still believe that like I can make time for it if I really wanted to. Like I spend enough right. time watching TV, I could just swap that out for reading yeah. a book. Right? Yeah. But I me guess too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the question is like, do you want to, which is where the motivation comes from. It's like, do we really have motivation to be reading for leisure when there are so many other competing things? Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to feel motivated when there are other things that you feel are higher priority or easier to access or you could get more done, you know, some stuff like yeah, that, sure. especially when you start working, at least for me, I guess, like. I wouldn't know. I forget about that, but. um. <sighs> No, no, no. It's like also when you're in school, right? Like yeah, yeah. reading isn't necessarily for leisure, but you are reading a lot and that sure. that does, it gets tiring after a while. And then it's a competing, it competes. These are competing interests, I mm -hmm. guess. It's, it's hard to find that motivation. Yeah. Um, but I guess the reading, for me, what resonates first with, with the dimensions of motivation, right? Like reading is part of the self. I feel as though that is something that if we really thought about it, like reading as part of building ourselves, which I think is what this means. I don't know if that's what this means. Am I interpreting that correctly? You're the one who looked into this, so I'm not 100% sure. Um, is that what that phrase says to you? Reading as part of the self. As a dimension of motivation. Yeah, like yeah. reading to build yourself. I feel like that is yeah. because from what we've talked about with the evidence for reading, right? I'm very much a kind of, I guess I'm the kind of person that likes to work on themselves. Like I really like to talk, I like to do self-development in different mm -hmm. areas of my life. Since since you even mentioned the research, I'm like more motivated to read because I think that's helps gonna help me build my, you know, empathy or empathetic skills or, you know, something like that, skills mm -hmm. in certain realms. Um, so reading as a part of myself in that sense, but then also I guess maybe the other dimension is like, what you've read creates you like over <laughs> like <That's> deep <laughs> the things you read are like a part of your inner life like what you create yeah. is part of your inner life yeah. the you stories are, that you, you are what you read <laughs> well yeah kind <laughs> and of what, like, and what you eat and what you eat right <laughs> i mean but like the stories that you were brought up on and stuff like that i feel yeah. like those are to me very salient i think about you know i think when i when i think a little bit more about it it does come down to like what well, I was exposed to watching TV or reading when I yeah, was younger, for like sure. what I was exposed to. Um, but that's that's my thought process, I guess. It helps me to feel more motivated when I think about it that way. Like reading is 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 creating the person that I am in a richer way, like mm. enriching myself, right? Yeah. So when you read your your British history about people getting hung, drawn, and quartered. We haven't gotten to the part uh, where, oh, where I sorry. talk about our adult reading habits Spoiler yet. alert. <laughs> Gosh. You're um, really building the self. Yeah, I'm really building <laughs> I'm really building myself. But um No, I think also like reading efficacy was an interesting dimension. Is that just people want to get better at reading? Is that not it? Is that not the well, yes, because I think that is one of the things oh, okay. it's like I, I we we talked about this just now. Like finishing a book is a very positive experience sure when you finish a book quick it's a nice experience too i oh, really like that oh i'm such a slow reader <laughs> i am such a are slow you gonna reader are you gonna take the opportunity to talk about your journey with it we could talk about that later i <laughs> do you want me to talk about it now i mean i spent i probably spent like a year reading that book but it was a it's a big book it is a big book it also is it a was big book by stephen king the, it by stephen you king. know the clown the clown yeah the guy, clown. pennywise the, yeah pennywise yeah uh basically my well my my motivation for reading that book since we're talking about motivations uh, my motivation is not on this list my motivation was uh i was too scared to see the movie because i don't oh. like horror films 
So I figured I'd read the book. And I'd been looking for an excuse to read a Stephen King book. That was my first Stephen King book. Well, I read his memoir on writing, but I don't really count that. So I my, love his memoir. I'm reading it right now. It was really good. It was so good. I remember reading it. That was actually for school, but um, in high school. But That's it like was smart high school. It's a great yeah, book. It was a, my first fictional Stephen King book. Mm. And that one was great, but it was like 1,400 pages. So you can't really blame me for taking a year to read it. I mean, come on. No, 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 no. It's totally not your fault. But it does, incre- the longer the book, it does increase your satisfaction upon finishing it. Because then you're like, true. Oh, I it did makes, it. And it makes a louder thump when you drop it on the floor exactly. afterwards. I think the efficacy is definitely tied to the thump of the book when you finished it. Although hardback versus paperback, not a fair comparison. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, <laughs> but... Um, it does help in your reading in other ways. If you read more for leisure, you're going to read faster and with more of an understanding when you do things like, you know, comprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I read daily in my on my job currently. And, you know, it helps me when I'm able to read more offline and put less pressure on the act of reading. Mm-hmm. I do feel like I get more stuff done. I feel yeah. like it helps. Or the fact that I have been reading throughout my adult life helps mm-hmm. a lot as far as like understanding boring you know dull readings that i don't want to do but i understand it i don't have to read it multiple times um but yeah so i mean the other one is reading for recognition <laughs> all right uh and we're at crickets <laughs> trip, trip, trip. uh no the uh, as a motivation i guess to recognize i mean I don't know, maybe if like, if we're talking about what motivates adults, maybe some recognize certain cultural things. I don't know, like if, if maybe I'm- like recognition under- is a loaded word. There's like a lot of different things it implies, I feel yeah, like. like. I don't know, my motivation for, if I were to have read Harry Potter, my motivation for reading Harry Potter would be because other people read Harry Potter and make references to it. And when I, I go to Universal Studios- in California, there's a Harry Potter world, and you'd care more. And I would recognize it. You'd recognize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also the element of like reading for recognition, like reading to be acknowledged as someone with a higher knowledge base of a topic or oh, something like that. Yeah. Um, I okay. mean, the people with a higher knowledge base of stuff that is hard to demonstrate on a regular basis, though. Sometimes niche topics or like topics that have books written on them, like that knowledge is always going to show up in your day-to-day interactions but in some fields it really helps academia wise it does really help if you have read the liter the existing literature on a particular topic because then you become the star of your journal club which i never was when i was doing journal clubs in my lab when i was doing biological research so not my world um Um, well yeah but i mean in some in some circles it does help when you um have that as a motivating factor um the last one is reading to do well in other realms yeah which is huge that is my number one adult reading motivator (laughs) well that's i think that's where the vocab comes in for (laughs) you build your vocab you can do better on the sats and all that fun stuff and all standardized tests you also improve your communication skills and your confidence as you had mentioned yeah it but i mean the whole i mean that industry of self-help is so big um Reading to do well in other aspects of your life is probably something that I can recognizably see in my day-to-day life and in other people's day-to-day lives as far as with the books that they're reading. 
-hmm. There are some books that are universally read. One of them is like how to win, how to win friends and influence people. Oh God. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, No, I think you mentioned this book to me before, but I don't. How to win over people, how to win over friends and influence people. I don't know if that's the one by Dale Carnegie or Dale Carnegie wrote eight. Oh my God. I'm mixing up all of my, all of my books. But um, there are a couple books that are like quintessential that everyone, it's like everyone should read this book. It'll teach mm-hmm. you about, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, other people and stuff like that. That's always something I like to do. Yeah. Depends on whether or not you enjoy learning for learning's sake, though. Yeah. Like Malcolm Gladwell has a lot of really good books. I, I guess I wouldn't call them self-help, but they are definitely like provide a new way of looking at the world. They totally do. They totally um, do. And uh, self-help, though, is... Uh, one of my favorite self-help books uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck yeah that's a good one it's a good one i really enjoyed that i one. read that on your recommendation i think yes i really enjoyed it it was a good it was a good book and i mean there are some um oh god you are a badass by jen sincero that one mm. is super popular especially among women mm. we love that book um there are some books that are considered quintessential and it's widely read because it's supposed to give you something back Mm, yeah. a lot of people see reading as you know a, a time suck activity where it's like you're not really getting much out of it which you don't really know i mean how do you know if your you know brain circuitry is acting up like you're just like yeah. oh man guys like my neurons are firing today <laughs> like you can't tell that but these books where they give you the information and then you can act on it in real life super helpful i yeah. read a ton of those books that's the bulk of what i was doing when i was in college is i wanted to learn more about xyz in my life yeah so i read a lot of self-help books mm. um but I mean, reading to do well in other realms doesn't necessarily mean self-help. Yeah, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, if you have a job within the realm of literature, reading, writing, that kind of thing, reading more fiction books can help. <laughs> you know, like reading more can just help you be effective in your job or in your role. Yeah. Um, reading academic stuff again can help you be great at your academic role. Um, any other thoughts on that or? Is that just kind of covered? Yeah, no, I think that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Well, this brings us to the exciting part of the podcast then. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it's all been exciting, but, uh, I, I thought Sorry, you were, you're right. It is all exciting. Sorry. Yeah. The also, what happened to your thesaurus? Yeah. The <laughs> you, thrilling part of uh, okay. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, Are we going to talk about our recent reads? Oh, yes. Our favorite reads recently. Tips, tricks. Tips and tricks for... Getting into reading, reading. Oh, okay. as an adult. That's oh, okay. what this is all about. Yeah, I thought you were going to say tips and tricks for. for reading. Like, okay, well, the A makes an ass ah sound. No, uh. no, no. <laughs> I mean, I hope you, I mean, there are so many adult literacy programs out there if you don't know how to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is more for like those who learn to read and maybe haven't, are trying to see how they can get into leisure reading. Yes. Because obviously the benefits are a great, are, are plentiful so mm-hmm. yeah what have you been reading oh me yeah and how did you get into reading as an adult uh ooh. well i kind of gave you that transition of reading how i got into reading as an adult i guess i just had all those books that i had been wanting to read um in high school and then kind of over the summer i read them the thing with me is that i have trouble um I have trouble just sitting down and reading in just a normal hmm. like day-to-day life in a just like in a chair. I don't know. A residential setting. Basically, I read at the beach. <laughs> that 
that is where the most significant bulk of my leisure reading happens. Um, I don't know why. I just really like going to the beach, getting my chair, getting my umbrella, just sitting back and reading a good book. So that's kind of where the majority of my recent leisure reading has been happening. Um, and because of that, I basically read in the spring and summer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so last summer was the last was the last book I read. Really good book. I probably definitely one of the best books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was titled Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Is that a Stephen King book? Yes. Yeah. Second Stephen King book I read after it, mm-hmm. which was also a great book. I read that two years ago. But last last summer I read Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Um, amazing read. Uh, Stephen King is known for, you know, his horror, uh, books. Yeah. This one was less horror, more, uh, thriller sci-fi. Oh, it was a time travel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, it was really, it was really cool. It was time travel, but like historically accurate time travel. So for those of you who know your history, 11-22-63 is the date that JFK was assassinated. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is a central aspect of, of the book. Um, but it was a really thrilling read. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's again, it's a pretty big book. I think it's like 1200 pages. Um, well worth your time. Also, if you're not a fan of reading, I know we were talking about we're today we're talking about reading, but it also has been made into a TV series on Hulu, but highly recommend the book. Um, that's my most recent read. I mean, I guess I can list some other books. I um, I read this book, so I guess so. That was fiction. Um, I also read this nonfiction book, "Elevated: The Global Rise of the NBA." Again, <laughs> big sports person. Uh, it was a really interesting format for those of you who may be interested in sports. It was um, walked you through the history of the NBA, which is the National Basketball Association. For those not familiar. Um, and it did so through, it was compiled by the New York Times, and they basically brought you through the history by uh, uh, compiling New York Times articles from as early as the 60s. Oh, that's 60s. really cool. So you basically read about the history of the NBA through the New York Times. Um, that's so cool. Yes, yeah, so that was a really cool read. Um, I said I read it the summer before that. I started reading Lord of the Rings. Unfortunately, I've been having trouble getting back into it. Um, well, the first book of Lord of the Rings that is uh but yeah so that's kind of my reading situation at the moment how about you i know you uh have been reading a bit more than i have recently although read may be an interesting verb to use all right yeah well this is the point where we get into the whole debate because so essentially i really enjoy reading for leisure i fell off in a very big way from high school through you know a significant chunk of my college experience because this is kind of the same thing, right? Like a lot of the reading became reading for class or reading for, you know, something like, you know, journal club or whatever. And it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't that I was all reading all academic stuff. Sometimes it was reading literature because I would take, you know, English classes, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily leisure reading because I was reading it for the purposes of, you know, going to class. So Mm -hmm. I would have to like read and then analyze the book, which fun. I enjoy it, but it's not, fun it's not just like a fun read yeah so wasn't super into reading for a couple years and then I was like 
honestly, I don't love fiction anymore. Mm-hmm. He just kind of fell off because I, I used to be huge into fiction. I would write a ton of fiction. And then I was like, I'm not really into fiction as much anymore. And so I started reading like nonfiction or trying to get into that. Mm-hmm. But the problem with some nonfiction books is that they get so granular into some of these yeah. subjects that I do not care about. Um, so the problem is that I'm, I'm, it's like talking to someone that's super obsessed with the topic and you're just like, I just don't care about, like, I don't care what you had for breakfast oh the morning you discovered X, Y, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so basically I was just like, eh, I'm not really feeling reading at the moment. And then just by chance, some, one of my friends who is an avid reader was telling me about her recent read of this book called Educated by Tara Westover. Um, and then I was like on a whim, whatever. Interestingly, at the same time, my mom was telling me about a book she had read on her Audible account. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Her Audible account. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, yeah, I'm one of those people I really liked reading a hard copy. Like I liked having the physical book there. However, yeah. Educated was pretty expensive in hard copy version. And I was like, I'm gonna hop on my mom's account. And what do you know? Tara Westover is reading Educated for me or someone's narrating the book and yeah, it's available yeah. as an audiobook. So I read that book. I thought it was so cool because I th- I'm pretty sure it was the author. And she was like narrating her own story and mm-hmm. it was a memoir. Yeah. So Educated is a memoir about this woman who grew up in rural Idaho or Montana. I don't remember which one. I don't know why I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it talks about her really interesting journey with the education system and like how she educated herself and it's Mm. an unorthodox story there's a lot of different themes running through it but essentially it's just this one woman's story and it's very i thought it was very gripping to hear her telling it herself because she injected so much of it just felt different to hear someone who read the book talking about it like an author reading their own book so i thought that was awesome and it kind of got me onto audible and so i was like okay i don't mind this audiobook was cool yeah. Um, at, at first I was like, I only want to read books on Audible that were read by the author because it adds a dimension that makes it more interesting for me to experience it as an audiobook. And so then I was reading a couple other things. I got very into memoirs, so I started reading a ton of memoirs of different mm-hmm. people. But I loved reading it because it gave me such an in-depth look at different peop- different experiences and just generally the human experience. Is- sure. I recommend memoirs for adults, especially if you like reading human interest stories or you like watching human interest videos, like interviews of people, mm-hmm. or if you like listening to podcasts, because it is kind of just someone telling their own story. Yeah. Um, and I got into that. The problem with audiobooks, though, is that it's hard to grasp the prose or the, the actual literature, like the mechanics of what you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to read enough. I think you have to kind of just read more and more, and then you get used to it, and then the effect it has on your ability to write and communicate changes Mm. but i did notice that that was something that i struggled with at first now i read a lot more books a lot of them are on audible just because of cost it's pretty much just cheaper for me to get multiple Mm. titles with my audible subscription and convenience yeah it's super convenient too i can do i don't have to sit somewhere and read but like you i have a concerted i like to read in coffee shops yeah it's a huge thing like my leisure reading i love to get it done in coffee shops Mm mm-hmm like some of my work i've been using like a virtual coffee shop simulator simulator to get my work done recently and it helps me read too i'll link yeah. it in the description. yeah you were saying we get some you can get the clanks of the of the coffee cups <laughs> i love it it's so cute it's so nice and it, it helps with the productivity and it also helps me like read so you know long-winded story short 
Um, I read a lot now and a lot of the books I read are also like very nerdy. Like I read history books mm-hmm. um, on topics that pretty much I don't think anyone else cares about besides me. I read, mm-hmm. I'm reading a book called A Distant Mirror. It was written in the 70s. It's about the 1300s, like the 14th century which was a ridiculous century. It was crazy. So much happened. There was a black plague. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was really, it's really cool to read about that. I love English royalty. So I've been reading mm-hmm. a lot of these like in-depth biographies of various Eng- English royals, kings and queens and such. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool. And it's produced as like a narrative, like the, uh, the, the author writes it as if yeah. it were a narrative. Um, and then I read a book about Genghis Khan if you're at all interested in Genghis Khan, this book is probably the main book to read. It's by Jack Weatherford. It's called Genghis Khan and the Making of the Modern World. Uh, great book. Talks about history outside of Genghis Khan. How many of you have I lost in this point? This is, <laughs> this is so boring. Um, I, my favorite memoirs that I've read recently. How about that? I'll start with the sure. with memoirs. Favorite memoirs I've read recently are In Order to Live by Yunmi Park. And she talks about her experience defecting from North Korea and then living wow. in China. Oh. Um, and I think there was, there's, it's a really crazy story and it's very moving. Um, mm. I like when books make me cry. Um, it's just very effective prose. And I believe Yunmi re- reads it herself. The author reads it. Mm. Or someone, someone like that reads that. Um, but it's really, it's really good. Um, and I, I recommend giving audiobooks a try just because it is easier to integrate into your day-to-day. It's for hard sure. for me to read it. It's really hard for yeah. me to spend, find the time or the place and the right environment to read. Mm. So, because that's important. It is important. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, you, we're we're very different people because I, your your history books, I just could never. I don't think I could ever get into those. Yeah, my I, really likes to make fun of them because they end up they end up playing in our car when I, <laughs> when we were driving. And you were talking about you didn't you were talking about the granularity before these these books get so granular and um i i remember in sophomore year of of high school i i read i had to read um mornings on horseback Mm -hmm. uh, by david mccullough it's a story about teddy roosevelt or as as my uh history teacher always said teddy roosevelt roosevelt um yeah and david mccullough is known as one of the best writers of american history books yeah and I just, oh my god! Oh man, no! You really have to like the subject. It was, it was a snooze fest. Nothing against David McCullough, but you I, really have to like. It the just book, wasn't though. for me. It just wasn't for me. It's a whole. It could be a snooze fest if you don't like the subject matter, or yeah. if you're not already interested in the subject matter. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like I, I started by liking the subject matter. Yeah, that's true. Um. Oh, another tip I have, which I guess is, it's easier to start when you have something you can finish easier. Mm-hmm. So like. I wouldn't recommend if you're trying to get into reading, I think it's easier to start with something that's kind of small and manageable. Like you can finish it within a couple of sittings. Um, one book that I really like that I really liked um, was The Old Man and the Sea. That was a great book. Mm. I loved reading it. Um, it's a Hemingway book. And it's, you know, it's sufficiently layered. Like the narrative is sufficiently layered that it's a good read, but it's also super short. It's like 100 pages or something like yeah. that. Another short one that I remember reading, I think in middle school that was good um the pearl yeah the pearl? is that by john that's john steinbeck right john steinbeck and i think it was a pretty short book it was i remember it being pretty small i taught it Ooh. <laughs> i taught the book when i was teaching um it's a very layered narrative yeah that was it's a good book. so layered it's a very very good book but you get so much out of it 
Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones that'll have your brains on circuits all firing like after you finish the book. Yeah, go get your MRI yeah. afterwards. <laughs> but these books are really great. And the point is that they're very rich and they just pack a lot into a little. I mean, Hemingway's yeah. famous for not bullshitting people with his prose, right? His style is very yeah. to the point. Yeah, as opposed to like Charles Dickens that I, rumors are he got paid for the word. Good God. And yes, he, yes. his books, yeah. I've, I read Great Expectations by him and was not the biggest fan. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I mean, yeah, I, I think if you're trying to get into reading, definitely. Um, not starting with it. Yeah, King. don't, yeah. I mean, or eleven twenty two sixty three. I mean, it was a great book, but it's definitely, it's a tall task. Definitely. It's a, t- it's a tall task. Yeah. Um, and then if you have a, also if you have a subject area you're very interested in outside yeah. of reading. Well, so that was going to be what I was going to say in terms of how to get into reading. Um, so starting small, I think that's a great, I think that's a great tip because like we said, the feeling of finishing a book, uh, is great. So at least early on, the sooner you could get to that, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think finding a, a, a genre that resonates with you because I mean, this is what you said too. You, you, you fell out of reading because you weren't really enjoying the types of books you were reading. Yeah. But there really are books for Everyone. everyone any interest like i mean i was talking about mythological fiction earlier i was i read this book about the history of the nba like yeah you can really find a book for any of your interests um yeah and it's it's really i mean they can be really engaging really interesting yeah and, and definitely worth your time yeah absolutely i guess the other one other tip i have the closing tip perhaps maybe okay media matters the medium in which you're reading matters. Medium. The or medium. Me- okay. And the media, I guess, because there are multiple mediums. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. media is the plural um, of medium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think one thing that I see is universally hated by people is reading from a laptop or a tablet. Mm. Like, Kindle, I guess, is a little bit different. I don't know. I don't know a ton of people that have Kindles now, nowadays. But getting a book in a PDF form and reading it as a PDF it can feel a little academic, even if it's not an academic book. I read The Alchemist as a PDF by Paolo Coelho, mm-hmm. which was an amazing book. Yeah. It just was a little eh, unwieldy reading it as a PDF. Yeah, there's just something screen, about... And screen time, too, yeah. especially nowadays when you're on the screen all day. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about getting the, the physical The physical copy, book matters Especially, lot, like, yeah. I got this copy of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all, I think, is it three books? Four oh well the hobbit's separate yeah the hobbit is separate it is three sorry so all three books of lord of the rings together in one and the cover is this beautiful like gray with like golden lettering i don't know there's just something about it like when you get a nice looking book it gets you excited yeah i I don't know oh my god yeah the feeling of when we we look we have there's this one bookshop that we like to go to like a local bookshop like in in our area it's so nice to just go in and physically pick up a book and, and 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 you know enjoy it me myself i like to kind of check out and see if it's on audible because of cost mostly it's purely cost constraints and i feel like the more i've listened to it the more i've gotten into it the fact that it's not on screen is huge for me because i don't like to read on screen Mm -hmm. any more than i need to um and you know if i had the resources to buy as many physical books as i wanted i would Mm -hmm. you know i mean another resolution that is go to a library yeah library has been hard to access i guess now because of covid but um you can check out books online yeah pretty sure you can do that yeah Mm -hmm. and you can uh, audiobooks are another great way i support audiobooks i think they're a great way to just mitigate 
reading on screens all the time. Yeah, that's true. And you um, can read books while you're washing the dishes. Yeah. Doing library the laundry. Cult- library culture needs to come back. I feel like library culture was huge when I was like younger. I remember I went to library well, all the time. I, I don't think, I, I don't know if, eh, I don't know if it's gone away or we've just aged out of it. Oh, maybe. I don't really see my younger siblings going to the library a ton. This is, I mean, before pandemic. Well, I think pandemic. your affinity for reading and your the fact that you started reading at two years old. No, my, you... my younger sister also read pretty okay. early. All right. All right. I don't know. I mean, it, it's different now because so many things are accessible online. But That's true. Right. In, I mean, I think there's nothing, there's nothing quite like having your hands on a nice, large book. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I think uh, I think we should end there. Yeah, we've Especially definitely gone we've way gone, over. I think we we have shown our our passion for this topic in the amount of time that this uh, podcast has gone on. Yes, but it's for good reason. Reading is awesome. It's a it great is. way to keep you know keep yeah. busy and, and and who knew it had so many wellness benefits? I didn't actually know about some of them, so Me that's neither. really cool. Um, and I'm hoping we gave you a couple of recommendations for all different kinds of folk. Yeah. Um, You'll probably go with Matt's recommendations over mine. Yeah. For no. some of them. No. I, well, but, who knows? I don't know. I don't know the types of people listening to our podcast. I think we. I think we definitely provided a wide variety from sports to kids books. <laughs> kids. Yeah, lots of kids books to history, uh, real and fictionalized. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Self help. Yeah. 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 But um, with that. I think we should wrap it up. Wrap where, it up. where can they find us? Yes. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Wellspring Pod or on TikTok at Wellspring Podcast or on Anchor. We're just called Wellspring Podcast. And uh, you can also listen to us on any listening platform that you pretty much can think of. Um, we are very, we're very accessible on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rate. Helps a lot. We would appreciate a positive one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a rating and a review helps a lot. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And uh, I think we are wrapping up our season pretty soon too. So yeah, yeah, I think we're our plan is to do uh, do seasons, but more we'll have more to come on that. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, we'll see you next week. Yes. See you guys soon. All right. Take care, guys. <laughs>